Welcome to the Muso Church Podcast. Here, we share the powerful and practical gospel of Jesus Christ until everyone is free and flourishing. We're so excited that you're here. Wherever you're listening from, we are trusting and believing that God is going to touch your life through this podcast. Today is Resurrection Sunday, and we are, we are celebrating the, the resurrection of our King and our Savior, Jesus Christ. If He died and He did not resurrect, what we are doing would be pointless. Amen? Amen. It will be pointless and, and meaningless. Uh, but, uh, but as I was preparing, there's just something that came to my heart and my head, and I just want to share with you this morning. What do you do when your hero lets you down? What do you do when your hero lets you down? What do you do when your hero disappoints you? What, what do you do when the person you look up to fails to live up to the standard that you, you know them to, to have and, and, and to live by? What do you do when the person you are putting your trust and your hope in disappoints you? One of my heroes, like, I, I don't, I don't, look, I don't, I don't, I don't idolize celebrities, right? For me, really, I, celebrities are celebrities, they're just people. But there's this one guy who uh, unfortunately made his way into my heart, and I have watched every movie, every documentary, every interview, every Everything that is, is, is there to watch and to see by Will Smith, I've watched, I've seen, I have. He is, he is he's one of the guys that I really, growing up, I idolized. What do you do when your hero lets you down? I woke up that Monday morning and I watched the video. I watched the video once. I've never watched it again. Every time I see it, I skip it. I can't bring myself to watching that video again. It's that deep for me. <laughs> and some of you are looking at me as this, really? We thought you were going to say Jesus is your role model. Okay, slow down. Slow down. I can't bring myself to watching that video because flawed as it is and everything, you, he's my hero. I love the guy. I, I really, man, listen. Ask my wife, I have like DVDs. You know DVDs? Stacked. Will Smith. Everything. What do you do when your hero lets you down? And, and some of you, your dad was your hero. And that day you saw him drunk, you could not reconcile who is this guy? You are supposed to be my hero. For some of you, your mom is your hero, and that day you, you, you saw her humanity, you could not understand, how did we get here? How, how, uh, no. You know, there's certain people, when they do certain things, Colin, you're like, no, man, not this guy. Because you have elevated them, and you have put them at a place where they're not supposed to fail. They're not supposed to, 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 to falter. They're not, no, not this guy. They are actually your, your, your true north, 
you follow them. You're like, you know what? As long as this guy is still on the straight and narrow, I will be okay. You use them as a benchmark for your life and say, you know what? As long as my mom and my dad, their marriage is intact, there's hope. And then they come at you and sit you down and say, we're getting a divorce. How do you reconcile that? You're like, this was my break. My break was that my parents are married and they've been married for 40 years. After 40 years, your mom and your dad says we're going our separate ways. You're like, no, guys, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you do when your hero lets you down? How do you process that? John, John says in John, first, John 1 verses 20. 29, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I, would, I, can, I can say Jesus was, was John's hero. When, when, when Jesus approaches, John says, You must increase that I decrease. John was saying, I just prepared the way the real Messiah is coming. The one who, who will win for us. The one who will be victorious for us is coming. The one who is more powerful than I am. The one who can perform bigger miracles than I am. The one who will, who will finish this whole thing. This torment and this, this persecution that we are experiencing. The one who will change the whole thing is coming. John says, I'm not even worthy to walk in the sandals. He says, I untie my sandals walking next to him. John says, this is my hero. When Jesus comes after the wilderness, he comes to him and says, man, can you baptize me? John says, no. I can't baptize you. You are my hero. You are the Messiah. You are the king of kings. What do you mean I must baptize you? I can't doesn't work that way. And imagine Jesus walks into the picture and John says, guys, the one I've been teaching you about is here. Our problems are over. The stuff that we've been going through, they've been persecuting us. I don't know, guys, you know when you are in school and you have a big brother, and they are bullying you at school. And on that day, your big brother comes to school. The way you walk, you are like, yeah, yeah, touch me. You, you even go to this guy and you point them, touch me. Do, do what you, you even go to guys who are bigger than you because you know that you have the backing of your big brother. I can imagine the confidence of John because now Jesus has arrived. He goes to the enemy and points them in the finger and says, talk the way you were talking. He's like, do the stuff you are doing. Yeah, he says in Chai Foot. Yeah. Imagine, that is John's story. And the enemy says, oh, is it? Okay, fine. Then they take John and they throw him in jail. Huh? No. It's not supposed to happen like this. The hero is here. Why are you... What's... Because once the hero show up, the story must change. 
Even when you're watching a movie, you're like, oh, you wait, the, the hero must come. When, when someone is in the house and the hero is still coming, you know in the movie how they prolong it and they, they are in trouble and the stirring is still coming. You want to say, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, because you know that once the hero steps into the story, yeah, it is over for the enemy. That was John's hope. But now John is in jail. And he sends a message to Jesus. Matthew, Matthew 11, 1 to 3. After Jesus has finished giving instruction to the 12 disciples, he went to the minister and he went minister in different villages throughout the region. Now, while John was in prison, you are ministering, I'm in prison, brah. I'm not supposed to be in prison because you have showed up. Now, John, John is in prison and, and John the Baptist is in prison and he hears about the wonderful things that Christ is doing. You're like, oh, so you are doing good things out there. Me, I'm here. Have you forgotten about me? Have you ever been in that situation where you're like, Jesus, I see what you're doing for other kids. What about me? You're like, I see, I see God, I see what you're doing for other kids. What, what about me? Listen to what John says. Listen to what John, John sends a message from jail, sends to Jesus. The guy was proclaiming Jesus, he says, are you the real one, are you really one of the prophets who said, uh, uh, the prophet said would come, or should we wait for another one? Because when the stirring shows up, things are not supposed to happen like this. So is it you or should we wait for another one? Because clearly, this is not the Jesus we ordered. <laughs> this is not the Jesus. Guys, have you been, let's be real. Have you ever looked like this is not the Jesus I ordered? This is not the Jesus. I no ways. John, you are not the first one. John the Baptist sends an SMS. Say, Jesus, are you the prophet? Or should we wait for another one? Have you ever found yourself there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Jesus, man, listen, no. They say you are the resurrection and life. I'm drowning here. They, say, they said you are the one who, who heals the, 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 the sick. There's COVID now. They say you resurrect. My mom died. Since I joined this Christianity thing, I'm, I, I'm losing stuff. I thought as soon as I step into, because as soon as you show up, you know, when I was growing up, I've told this story before, when I was growing up, I used to fight a lot, right? And, and when I see that the opponent is bigger than me, I'll keep pushing him, but I'll keep moving in a certain direction. And the direction I was moving in is the direction of my home. <laughs> and they would come. They would come and come and come and come and come until I enter. And then I, you know the thing. Yeah. Then you draw the line. And then say, pass. <laughs> Guys, if someone can pass that and beat you in your house, you must know that that guy means business. Don't ever play with that guy. Most of them, they would never pass that. 
These people, they say, you say, Jesus, what? They take John, they throw him in jail. What do you do when your hero lets you down? What do you do? What? Matthew 27, verses 50. And the Bible says, Jesus passionately cried out and took his last breath and gave up his spirit. Imagine the 12 who had been following Jesus for three and a half years. The one who was here to save them. He cries on the cross, half naked, bruised, and he takes his last breath. The hero is dead. The hero is gone. Imagine the 72 disciples. Imagine the woman and imagine the 5,000 who saw him feed them. Imagine the woman with the issue of blood. Imagine, imagine the, 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 the blind Bartimaeus. Imagine, imagine all these people that have seen him do great things and now this guy just died. Guys, have you ever watched a story and the staring dies in the middle of the story? You're like, what kind of witchcraft is this? He was supposed to save the day. Imagine what the disciples were going through on a Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. when their Savior took his last breath. And not only does he take his last breath, it's now dark. And there's an earthquake. And the temple is shaking. And the veil is being torn. It's just getting worse. And the Romans are celebrating. They are having fun. They are mocking. One of the criminals says, save us and save yourself. You almost want to say, yes, tell him. Tell him to save himself and save us. Then he dies. Listen to what the disciples, the disciples says. So there's a, there's a resurrection story and Jesus resurrects. We know that. Then we move. Then Jesus is walking along the shore with, with two disciples. Can I tell you? The Bible says when Mary Magdalene went after she found out that Jesus was resurrected and went and looking for the disciples, he found some fishing. When Jesus found them, where were they? Fishing. What is happening is they're like, the hero is gone. Let's just go back to our old lives. This thing is not working. Imagine Saturday morning, probably they're waiting. They're like, okay, maybe something will happen and nothing happens. Then they're like, you know what? It's not going to work. And then they leave. The Bible says in, in, Luke 20, in Luke 24, 
Now Jesus is walking along the shore. There's two disciples. You know the story. And they are having a conversation. Then he comes to them and he says, uh, uh, where, where is it? Um, they were in the midst of, of discussing all the events that had happened the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in the journey. They were in the midst of the discussion about all the events that had happened in the la da 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 and they were unaware that it was actually Jesus who was walking alongside of them. See, there's some of you who think the hero is dead until the hero is walking alongside of you. The problem is because your situation has not changed or you are not aware that the situation has already changed, you are not aware that he's walking beside you. They were walking with the risen king, but they could not recognize him. Why? Because their material situation had not changed. We need to stop judging the resurrection of Jesus Christ according to our material change. Because some of us, we are asking, why is my life not changing? Is he still dead? No, he's not here to change your material life. He's here to give you access to eternity. They're walking alongside Jesus, but they can't even recognize it's him. Because it's still quiet. Can you trust Jesus in the silence? Can you trust Jesus in the in-between spaces between Friday and Sunday morning? Because we want to celebrate Jesus on Sunday morning. Why are you not celebrating him on sun- Saturday afternoon when it's quiet and nothing is happening? You see, we've become, we've, we've become, we've, we've made Jesus sort of a, 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 I don't even want, he performs for us and then we clap for him. And when he's not performing, then we abstain. Saturday, nothing is happening. No miracles, nothing. One day and people are back to their old lives. One job goes, you lose one job, you are back to your old life. He is not the savior, he's not the, the risen king anymore. One bad relationship, he's not. Ten years of an unemployment, he is still the risen king. 20 years of being single, he's still the risen king. When I have food on, in my fridge and when I don't have fruit in my fridge, he is still the risen king. Whether I'm sick in my body or I'm not sick in my body, he is still the risen king. Whether I have the stuff I'm praying for or I don't have the stuff, he is still the risen king. He is king and I am not. I don't get to dictate the terms. He does. We are running at his program, not my program. I don't get to clap for him when he's performing and be angry when it looks like he does not. What happens when your hero lets you down? Listen to what these disciples are saying. They were unaware that Jesus was walking alongside of them for God had prevented them to recognize him. And Jesus said to them, you seem to be deep in discussion about something. What are you talking about? So sad and gloomy. And they stopped. And one man, Cleopas, 
answered, haven't you heard? Are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened over the past few days? Jesus asked, what things? The things about Jesus, the man from Nazareth is no longer our master. He is the man from Nazareth. He's no longer Abba. He's now the man from Nazareth. He's no longer Savior. He's now the man from Nazareth. My God, do you, can you relate when he, he was no longer now the Lord of Lords? You start doubting his power, his authority, because things are not going well in your material world. We have turned him into a genie. We've turned him into a genie. A man from Nazareth, they replied, Listen, <laughs> he was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles. He no longer is a mighty prophet. He was a mighty prophet because we don't see him anymore. He is no longer a mighty prophet because things, we don't see miracles, signs, and wonders. He is no longer a mighty prophet. He was a mighty prophet. But now, he was a mighty, a mighty prophet doing miracle signs and wonders. His words were powerful and he had great favor with God and with people. You know, someone, has said, someone said to me here, they visited the church and they said, your speeches are nice. They're saying, his words were powerful. And you're like, yeah, he was not a bad guy. No longer the mighty king of kings, the prince of peace, everlasting father, mighty counselor. His words were powerful. He had favor with God and with other men. Three days ago, the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and they crucified him. Listen to what they say to Jesus. We had hope. We had all hoped that he was the one who would redeem and rescue Israel. We had hopes. We had thought that this is the guy who will save us. We had thought that this is the guy who will come through for us. We had thought this is the rescuer. But three days ago, the priest and the people crucified him. But three days ago, the high priests and the rulers sentenced him to death and crucified him. We had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel and rescue it. Have you ever found yourself in the space where you're like, I had hoped that you are better than my ancestors. Because at least they are opening doors when it looks like you're not doing anything. And then you go back to consulting. And church, you do church for the vibes. But you are not here anymore. 
Because you had hoped that your life, your material life will change and it hasn't. And as a result, you're like, no, bro. And you even say, they killed you. What is your attitude when it looks like Jesus is not doing anything in your life? You see, what they missed is that what he did on Friday was sufficient. They missed that. Man, you had hoped that he would rescue. He has already done the rescuing. The rescuing has already happened. Stop trying to reduce the victory of God to your level of understanding. The victory has already happened. You are saved by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb has already been poured. You are standing as a saved person, whether employed or unemployed, married or not married, flourishing or not flourishing, you are standing as a saved person. Guys, guys, if Jesus Christ never does anything for us but save us, he has done enough. If it does nothing else, if it does nothing else, I refuse to measure his might by how the pandemic affected me. He is still a mighty God even when my body is decaying because he saved me. Even if it does nothing else, they miss the cross. Because they see nothing else. I mean, guys, if I was Jesus, I was going to slap them and say, hey, I died for you just yesterday. And you said I, you, you were hoping. I just died for you yesterday. What is your relationship with Christ during the down times? Are you like John? Who's asking the question, should we wait? Because we, we guys, we speak about Friday and Sunday morning. But we don't speak much about Saturday. And most of us, we live in the Saturday. We live in the Saturday. Your, your service to his church is dependent on how things are going in your life. When things are going well in your life, you are saving here, you are going up and down, you are, the, you, are, you are cheerful. Just things don't go well in your life. Pastor, I think I need some time off. Just to, to work on my spiritual life. No, your spiritual life is still intact. Your relationship with Jesus is still fine. You're just going through stuff. Yeah, yeah, you don't have food in your fridge, but your relationship with Jesus is still intact. He's still there. He's still the savior. He's still the provider. He's still, huh? Now about dumping, and now we must suffer with the worship team. <laughs> you won't come to church anymore. So that guy. And actually, we told you that he's not a good guy. Guys, you know we go as pastors, we go through a lot. People experience their own things there. Hey, wow. Let me not even get into it. Like, as I close, what is your relationship with Jesus in between? 
What is your relationship with Jesus between Canaan and Egypt? In between. What is your relationship with Jesus between the anointing and the appointing? What is your relationship with Jesus in the process? What's your relationship with Jesus in the silence? You know, <laughs> it's just that Jesus is not like me. Can you imagine if I was Jesus, me? Uh, let me tell you the truth. If I was Jesus, the disciples, after I've resurrected, they come. Oh, save your master. Yo, he's risen. See, Jesus angry. I'm like, huh? 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 Yesterday, when I was in the tomb, you went back to fishing. Thank God. I'm not Jesus. I was like, no, no, no. When I was on the cross and they asked who are his disciples, you denied me. When there was, when there was darkness and the, there was earthquake, when they asked who is standing with this man, you said nothing. When my body was hanging on the cross, a Joseph, a businessman came and bought my body, you stood back. When it looked like, ah, guys, do you know that on Sunday morning, it's Mary Magdalene who went to, to anoint Jesus and found him. There was not the, who's Mary Magdalene? Is a woman who was cast out seven demons. He says, even the prostitute came, you did not come. Even the, the murderer came. They stood by me when it looked like I was dead. You did not show up. When the whole world was denying me, you stood and acted as if you are not Christian. When it was not, when it was not popular to say you are a Christian on Twitter, you kept quiet. When my name was being ravished on social media, you said nothing. Because it was more important to save your reputation than to stand up for my name. And they say, on Friday, the, the rulers and the people sentenced him to death and they crucified him. In John 10, 18, he corrects them. He says, no one takes my life away from me. No one sentenced me anything I was not sentenced by Pilate I was not sentenced by the Sadducees and the, the Pharisees it's not the people who sentenced me he says no one takes my life from you don't know who I am when I was on that cross it was not because someone sentenced me there there's no one who has that kind of authority to put me on the cross unless I allow them to. He says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down voluntarily. He says, what, 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 when, the, when the Romans were celebrating, yes, we caught him. I am saying, no, you did not catch me. I walked into this thing. I wrote the story. You did not. You did not initiate this thing. I did. 
He says, this is my story. It's not your story. I laid down my life. You did not take it from me. He says, I am authorized and have power to lay it down and to give it up. And I have the authority and the power to take it back. I have this command and I have received it from the Father. He says, who do you think I am? I was not killed. My life was not taken away from me. He says, the reason you are doubting Jesus because you think he's weak. You think someone can decide what happens to him. He says, no. No one can decide what happens to me. My life. I gave it to you. I gave it for you. And I have the power to take it back. Resurrection was part of the plan. Even in the silence. The silence was part of his plan. The silence in my life is part of his plan. I trust in his mighty plan when I have and when I don't have. Because I know that at a critical moment when they thought they were killing him, no, they did not kill him. He volunteered his life. That's how powerful he is. And I know that when he's powerful, he's powerful in every season. When I am good and when I am not, I still see his power. When they are persecuting me, I still see his power. When I'm down and out, I still see in power. And the day I take my last breath, I will still see his power and say, you are seated on the throne. Even when my body is decaying, you are still God. You are still my God. I'm like, ah, I love you, Jesus. And I worship you. You are my king. And if I don't get to see the things I'm hoping for in this world, I get to spend my eternity with you. I'd rather lose out on material things in this world, but I can't lose out on eternity with you. Can we be a Christian who have an eternity mindset? And stop looking at our lives through the lenses of the 80 years we have here while we have an eternity to spend with our Savior. He says, I am powerful. In Revelations, as I close, in Revelations, that's the second as I close. Three to go. In Revelations, he says to John, John says, when I saw him, I fell down at his feet as good as dead. And he, he laid his right hand on me and he heard a reassuring voice saying, and I heard a reassuring voice saying, can I declare this upon your life this morning? Don't yield to fear. 
I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the living one. I was dead. But now, look. But now, look. I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys that unlocks death and the unseen world. I say to the devil, you have no power over my life. For he holds the keys to death and the unseen world. In my darkest hour, I say you have no power over me because my Savior liveth. He has the keys to the unseen world. You have no authority over me for my king has the keys to the unseen world. The thing is, as a church, we have prepared Christians for good times, but we have not prepared Christians for the bad times. He says, I hold the keys of the dark world. When we are going through the pandemic and we are losing stuff, we need to stand strong as a Christian people and say he holds the keys to death itself. And if I die in this world, I get to spend the rest of my life with my Savior. I get to spend the rest of my life with my Savior. To seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The problem is you are still waiting for the things to be added. He is all these things. There's no any other all these things that you are still waiting for. He is all these things. Once we have him, we have all these things. That all these things is him. That all these things you're waiting for, Cabello, is him. Say, no, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to give my life to him and everything. And then you wait for all these things. So what are you waiting for? But no, I'm waiting for all those things. <laughs> says, I am all these things. Says, I am all these things. Says, I am all these things. And he who has begun this great work with, within me, Philippians 1, is faithful to see it to completion. And you're like, yeah, my God is faithful to see it to completion. My life is going to, it's like, I've completed the work. I said on the cross, it is finished. You see, guys, we're still waiting for things that God has already given to us. Jesus is not a starter. He's not the starter that you receive and then the main cause, the dessert and everything comes. No. He's the cause. He's the whole cause. And when we are fully satisfied in him,
said, and the resurrection power that was in Christ is the same that is in you. So fewer, that does not mean now everything in your life that is dead is going to resurrect. No. It means when this body dies, you get to resurrect and spend your eternity with him. Because again, we want to say, use the resurrection power that inside of you. Speak to your dead marriage and it will come up. Speak to your dead job and it will come up. Speak to your dead whatever and come up. I'm going to use this resurrection power to speak to my dead soul. Speak to my dead soul. Speak to my dead soul and say, God, save my soul. Resurrect my soul from the death that comes through sin. Resurrect my soul. The hopes and the dreams you have for my life, without you, I don't want them. The dream that you have for my life, if you are not in it, I don't want it. The promises that you have over my life, without you, I don't want them. Everything that I desire, I desire you more. I desire you more, Jesus. I desire you so, so much more. I desire you so much more. I desire you so much more. And the last, as I finish, 1 Corinthians 15. See, guys, sometimes you just read the Bible and stop talking. The message was preached in Christ who has been raised from the dead. So how could any of you possibly say there's no resurrection of the dead? And if there's no such thing as the resurrection from the dead, then no one, even Christ, has been risen. If Christ has been raised, if Christ has not been raised, all of our preaching has been for nothing and your faith is useless. Moreover, if, death, if the dead are not raised, that would remain that that would mean that we are false witnesses who misrepresent God and that would mean that what we preach is a lie stating that God raised him from the dead and if in reality he didn't if death if the dead aren't raised up that would mean that Christ has not been raised up either and if Christ is not alive you are still lost in your sin and your faith is a fantasy 
If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then you are still in your sin. And your faith is a fantasy. Your faith is not a fantasy when the things you are praying for don't come to pass. Even when the things you are praying for don't happen, your faith is still intact because Christ has arisen from the dead. Even when, even when you pray for that person and they die, your faith is still intact because Christ has risen from the dead. Oh, what a great, oh, this is good news. That I, had, I get to measure my faith, not by my performance. See, most of us today, we are living a faithless life because the one time you prayed for a headache, it did not go away. And you're like, I don't have authority. I don't have faith. No, man. Stop that. Don't, don't do that to yourself. It would mean also that those who believed in Christ, who have passed away, have simply perished. If the only benefit for our hope is Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all other, all others. <laughs> if the only benefit to our hope in Christ is limited to the life on this earth, then we deserve to be pitied more than all others. Oh my God. If the benefit of being saved is big cars and big houses, beautiful wife and great jobs. Oh my God, we deserve to be pitied. Is that all your God can do? Magicians can do that too. Sangomas can do that too. Men, there are people who don't know Christ who are richer than you will ever be. If the only benefit for being in Christ is the benefit is limited to this world. Oh man, then, then, then Elon Musk is more blessed than we will ever be. Then Mark Zuckerberg is more blessed than we will ever be. Then we must leave this Christianity thing and go and ask those guys because they would then know about blessing more than we do. Hey guys, if True blessings is the stuff we have in this world and it's limited to this. Stop coming here. Go to Mark Zuckerberg's workshop. It will benefit you better than this year. If that's, if that's it. And that's why when stuff happens, people stop coming to church because that's all we offer them. And that's why we cannot even preach the gospel in rich countries because of what else are we going to say to them? You can't say to them, it's coming. They already have it. You can't say the car is coming. They're like, bro, I, I have 200 of them. Say something better. No, your job is coming. He says, I have 5,000 employees. Come on. Say something. He says, you get to spend eternity with Jesus. Uh, 
How much does it cost? I think he paid it all. He paid it all. Must preach a gospel that can minister to the rich, the poor, the sick, and the healthy. Not the one that is dependent on people's material situation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But the truth is, Christ is risen from the dead as the the first fruit of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. And since death, since death came through one man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead also comes through one man, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. But each one in his proper order. Christ is the first fruit. Then those who belong to him in his presence. Even as all who died in Adam. So also who are in Christ will be made alive. And it says, then the final stage of completion comes. When he will bring to an end every other rulership, every other authority, every other power, and he will hand over his kingdom to the Father God. The last enemy to be subdued and eliminated is death itself. Until then, he's destined to reign as king until the hostility has been subdued and placed under his feet. Oh my God. Even today, he is still reigning supreme in this life until there is the glorious singing in heaven and all of us are there in the presence of the Father he is still in charge here, today and now. No one else is in charge. Don't allow the trends to lie to you. Jesus Christ is still in charge. Don't allow the flowers to lie to you. Jesus Christ is still in charge. Don't allow the pandemic to lie to you. Jesus Christ is still in charge. Don't allow unemployment to lie to you. Jesus Christ is still in charge. He still rules and he still reigns. He is still God. He is still God. He still rules. Jesus Christ is still seated on the throne. He is still in charge. He is still in charge. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are still seated on the throne. We thank you that you are still a mighty God. We thank you that you are still the king of kings. We thank you that we still have a king on the throne. We thank you that we are not a people without a king. We will not be like the Israel who will ask for a king. We already have 
a king. He is seated on the throne. We are not going to allow a material world to tell us that you are not seated on your throne. You are still God. You are still seated on your throne. You are still the risen king. You are still the Lord of lords. You are still the king of kings. You are still a mighty God. You are still a strong God. Your name is still a strong tower. And this morning we are running to you because we know there is salvation in your name. We know that there is power in your name. You are still king of kings. You are still Lord. You are still king. Jewish in the Jewish culture they would um, they would take water and cleanse people through water uh, as a way of cleansing their sins and water was symbolic of 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 a of a rite of passage for people to for the atonement of their sins and uh, the first miracle that Jesus performs, and every time 
in the New Testament, the wine represents the blood of Jesus. And he gets to a wedding and there is, the wine is finished. And he says, bring me that water. They bring him six jars of water. Water that symbolizes what the Jewish culture uses as a, as a cleansing mechanism. And he turns that water into wine. Wine representing his blood. He said to them, you shall no longer be cleansed by water, but you shall be cleansed by my blood. And they, they're like, how do you keep the good wine until the end? He says, that's my blood. That's how it is. The old covenant is gone. The covenant of water and animals and all those things is gone. There's a, there's a new covenant in the building and it's the best. They're like, how do you keep the best for last? It says, that's what it is. I am the best. It says, you don't need all these other things. And with all our, our eyes closed, if you all can just close our eyes. And there's someone who says, man, I need this Jesus. I need him in my life. I don't want to depend on my own traditions and own ways. I want to I want to depend on this Jesus. I want the best. Today is your day. And if you are here, I just want you to raise your hand and say, "Man, I want to receive this Jesus." Oh, thank you Jesus. I see your hand there. Thank you Jesus. I want to receive this Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you're still here, still have an opportunity to say man I don't want to depend on myself thank you Jesus can you all stand my sister I don't want to embarrass you I just want to pray with you I'm just going to pray with can we give God a hand of praise for this soul Amen. thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus can we all just pray with her? Say, Father God, today I give you my life. Be the Lord over my life. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my ways. I choose to follow you this day. I acknowledge that you are Lord and you are king Jesus Lord over my life I receive this gift of grace and every day of my life I will live surrendered to you in Jesus mighty name Amen Father thank you for this soul that you have just welcomed into your kingdom we celebrate what has happened in this morning this service has not been in vain because of this life we celebrate and we thank you may you keep her may you protect her in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the church of God said amen let's give God a hand of praise amen amen when, when we're done here, if that's you, if that's you, just, just come to the front uh, and we're going to pray with you uh, for, 
and we want to make sure that we plug you into a discipleship program so that you don't just get saved and that's it we want to make sure that you grow into your new journey this is the best decision you have ever made in your life amen we i hope you are, you have opened your your elements i think jesus will not be impressed with these things uh, you know where's the where's the wine and the the real stuff yeah, yeah not <laughs> not this uh, okay i'm just kidding just, yeah, take it's a symbolism and every time we every time we partake he says he says do this in remembrance of me what are we remembering we're remembering that he's a risen king and every time guys you feel a sense of hopelessness and defeat you don't have to wait until you come to church i don't have any special powers i don't i need him to the same extent as you do so you can take communion in your house with your family in fact that's where you should take communion in your house with your family as a remembrance of what he has done on the cross and how he has conquered the grave and this morning as we take as partake of this table we say god we remember that you are the risen king and we are so grateful father as we are about to partake of this clear our minds of defeat and remind us that you are a risen king that you have conquered the grave and you are seated on high we thank you for your resurrection power that is at life that is at work and alive in us as we take this communion we do this remembering who you are to us to the world and to the universe we thank you we honor you in jesus mighty name amen thank you for joining us today we believe that this message has been a blessing to you why not be a blessing to someone else by sharing this message with them? Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Goodbye and God bless.